Dear patron of the Red Light Library, I have a couple of quick announcements to make before we get started. Dear patron of the Red Light Library, I have a couple of announcements to make before we get started. Number one, if you wondered why there wasn't an episode next or last week, I guess, and it's not time traveling, if you wondered why there wasn't an episode last week uh, and did not see my tweet, here's why. I have made the executive decision to make the Red Light Library upload every other week instead of weekly because what has happened is we have gotten into this mindset of the show has to be made not that the show should be made and that's not a healthy that's not good for the long-term health of the show and it's not good for the posts at all it, 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 it became kind of a like almost like my co-hosts are doing me a favor they are doing me a favor but it felt like they were it was they were being put out by me saying read this if it's crap we'll just call it crap and that's not how the show should be run we should be going out and finding wackadoo erotica that's fun to read stuff like the stuff molly coddles writes uh and with two weeks of buffer time we can work with that like if if i find something and we read it and it's not good we can then find another piece and read it and find if it's good uh that's just that's a lot better because it really got to a point where Sam looked at me and said it just doesn't feel like you're excited about this anymore and that's quite true there have been many episodes in the past couple of months where they were more of a contractual obligation it felt like than just making a fun podcast that I want to make and the Red Light Library is an erotica review show this should be fun this should be exciting and weird and just yeah so every other week. Also, if you want to get more content that I make in your listening life, I run a podcast called The Fourth Journal. You can look it up on any of your podcasting apps by searching The Fourth Journal. It's a Gravity Falls watch-through podcast that I'm doing with a wonderful podcaster called Beth. She's from the Buffy Speak podcast, if you listen to that. Uh, Yeah, we're watching Gravity Falls, and there's an episode every Thursday. Very fun show to make. It's not labor-intensive, really, and it's a, it's a fun, fun show. Uh, and if you want to see more of me on social media or read some long-form stuff I've done, check out The Pod Report on Twitter or thepodreport.wordpress.com. That is where you can find my podcasts. I post long-form reviews and opinion pieces about podcasts I listen to, and things that are happening in podcasting warning the following podcast contains adult language and sexual content if that is illegal for you to listen to or something you don't want to listen to back out now because this is the red light library and we are an erotica review show oh quick editing note long story short we recorded this a couple of weeks ago and only when i opened up the file did i find out that Stan's mic was very poorly placed and had lots and lots and lots and lots of echo from my mic. And the way I fixed that, uh, I, I might not have gone through and cut out every um and ah from me that I usually do. So if you hear a lot of ums and ahs, that's why. It's just, I've done a lot of work and some of it didn't hit the usual beats I hit it. I hit, I hit, I, uh, okay, I'm just gonna go now. You, Please listen to the show and have fun. Welcome back, dear patrons, to the Red Light Library. Old friend Stan's back. Hey, what's up? 
What up? I hit the table. You can go for that one All again. All right, great. That's going to that's gonna have to get cut from the waveform. <laughs> uh, so, Stan, I, uh, I discovered deep in the bowels of Amazon a series of video game-themed eroticas. They're not even really eroticas. They're adventure stories that have sex in them, basically, we discovered. I think that's a really good way of describing them, yeah. These feel like the old Scholastic chapter books, but, like, people get butt-fucked by tentacles a few times? Actually, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that no, does happen that, in that, the other one, doesn't it? That, that It does. So, uh, spoiler alert, we're going to record back-to-back uh, two different stories by C.B. Archer. Uh, I might not air them in order, but... I will air them in order, but I might not uh, put them back to back. So just know, we're talking about Van Brace, Keaton Clark's tale today, but there will be one on Carta Monstra uh, coming soon to, to home video. So this is copyright 2016. Um, this is the very first story in the Annals of Gentalia series. Like, it's not, it's not in the title, but it's like on the cover art. There's this overarching plot through all of these books that involves... Yeah. So the best the best way to pick up that overarching plot is for us to review number one and then number six in the series. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah. We're, we're gonna fucking nail this one. So hi if CB Archer, if you're listening, sorry. We just picked two that are about things we like. Actually, I let Stan pick both of these because I would have picked the No Man's Sky one just to make fun of it. But that would have been rude. Not not fun of the writing, but fun of No Man's Sky, and that's just not asking for it. So, uh, we're talking about Vambrace, which is based off of the classic game from back in the day, Gauntlet. Oh, yes. Now, tell me, was there a, a, a third-person update to Gauntlet that I'm not aware of? Um, you know, the, the series has been going for so long, I'm sure they have. I stopped playing Wait, it's, it's a top-down dungeon crawler, right? Yes. Oh, they gave that away on the PlayStation Network, like, last year. I remember my uh, mom and my 11-year-old sister grinded the shit out of that game. Like, they beat its ass. Okay. I think they, like, remastered the original. They remade the game with a 3D engine and everything, I, I guess. Um, and I think, actually, they did shoot the meat a few times, and I'm thinking about it. So, with that in mind, you want to talk about the, the dedication here at the beginning? Oh, yeah, yeah. It opens with a little line about not shooting the food, which already, like, right off the bat made me laugh, because that's just a direct reference to Gauntlet. Dedicated to not shooting the food. Per parenthetical. Seriously, you might need that badly. Uh, chapter 1, game release. Now, this is, first off, this is in chapters. The chapters have fun little icons next to the chap chapter headings. Like, it's actually, this is formatted... For a print release, there is a print version of this story, which astounds me because that is not something we come up against a lot. Of course, I say that there is a copy of um, a erotica that Kyla gave me for Christmas. Um, I'm just saying it would look good in my bookcase. Yeah, because these are like bright and colorful. I can't. I mean, like, it'll go great. No, actually, it'll, it would look great in my brother's bookcase right next to his Magical Treehouse series. Oh, no. <laughs> Man, Sorry, Magical Chris. Treehouse once went to the Titanic, and I was all over that. I didn't read any others of the series, but I saw the Titanic on the cover, and I'm like, okay. Boy. Okay, I really like the Titanic, I can, and I'm not super into the fact that it's a really Christian series for some reason, <laughs> but... I can deal with it. Oh, that reminds me of one time I was in a Barnes and Noble and I, 
they have those little history books for kids, or like chat books about historical things. And there was one for the Titanic that used the Back to the Future font. Like, literally just the font from back, it had the slant and like the arrows and shit. Why? I, I think the graphic designer who was asked to make 30 of these in one sitting was just going through fonts he installed. He was like, I can't use postcard. Back to the Future, that'll work. I'll use the Ghostbusters font on this one about the Black Plague. I tried using Baskerville Oldface for the last couple of books I was commissioned for, and they got pissed. So fuck them. So we should probably talk about the book we're here to talk about. Uh, here's the lead, and all the books start with the same word. Pop. Pop. Van Brace open with the satisfaction that can only come from decades of anticipation. Mixed with years of rumors, dashed with months of speculation, hyped with weeks of teasers, and finally with days of camping outside the store. This guy has been camping a long time to play this game. I can't imagine, like, why, why would you wait in line for anything? Like, I remember waiting in line for the Halo 4 release. I tried, waiting, I tried waiting in line for Metal Gear Solid 5 and got tired after an hour, went home, I was like, whatever, I'll buy it next week. I, I think it was something in my brain knew it was going to be the last time this was going to be really relevant because everything was going digital, and I wanted to be... I went to the Halo ODST midnight launch, and everyone was a cock. So I like there was a army recruiter handing out Red Bull. Oh, you know, I think I remember. I wasn't there I for think, that. I remember like there was like a guy cooking a pizza out on his engine block or something. That was me at the Halo Four launch. I ordered okay. a pizza, had it delivered there, and then um, uh, a mutual friend of ours drove a big block Chevy, and he parked near where we were standing in line. So I put it on the hood because the <laughs> engine block was still hot, and it kept the pizza hot. Anyway, so uh, our, our hero, Kenton, uh, Kenton Clark, camps out for five days to get a game, uh, and he, he cracks the plastic, and there's a lot of really good detailed language in this. It's, it's great right off the start. He takes the plastic off and smells it. Um, the faint flavor of brand new plastic swords for various plastic men was strangely mixed with a unique and powerful smell that can only be described as a unique kind of stank. It turns out Kenton's been camping for five days, eating nothing but um, corned beef-flavored potato chips. There's a running gag that he has the weirdest fucking flavored chips at his disposal. Yeah. Uh, there's one that's like garlic and cabbage. <laughs> it gets real insane. Um, then we get really detailed about this stink, and I thought we were going to go into a really specific fetish for a while because of this. The bouquet was a strange mix of musty taxidermy waterfowl left in a museum without proper ventilation, a wet dog that had gained its wet status through strenuous pond paddling, the crunchy stuff left on the tip of a squeezed mustard bottle that had lost the cap, and a pack of hot dogs that had been opened and left to thaw in the sink but were forgotten about and instead stayed in the sink for an entire week when someone had been on vacation and they came back to find that the hot dogs had been festering during their time away. Who thaws hot dogs? Eat your fucking heart out, J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> Suck it. You couldn't describe a stank that good. <laughs> he can describe a flower for an entire fucking page. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, I. you know what? I'm not going to fight Tolkien fans. They got their own thing. I'm not going to give them shit for it. It's just not my stuff. Uh, eating nothing but street vendor food and limited edition corned beef flavored potato chips probably hadn't helped the stink. So he gets home and throws away his coat, which is permeated with the smell. Uh, <laughs> but he's wearing uh, uh, Van Brace limited edition t-shirt and undies, the ones with his favorite character on them. Ooh. Uh, so he throws though he has to wash them like four times. Uh, we get a true 
snapshot of gaming truth in today's culture because he pops the disc into his PC or console, whatever the fuck he's playing it on. I, I, I say it's a PC because he types. Um, Van Brace was finished, was finished its install, and Kenton had, bar- only, Kenton had only barely noticed the ding over the sound of his electric razor. The Van Brace Day 1 update started to download, par- parenthetical, 12 gigs, which is like a, only, it has like that feeling to it, which yeah. is very fucking true. The other day, I turned on my PlayStation 4 and Assassin's Creed Origins, a game I haven't launched in over a month, downloaded a 3 gigabyte update. What the fuck is happening in that game? <laughs> what did game? you add to that game? I, I hope it's we got the discovery mode for free. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think you have to buy that separate because it's basically a brand new game. For those of you who don't know, Assassin's Creed Origins is set in ancient Egypt, and they put like a lot of time and effort into studying ancient Egypt's uh, history. And because of that, they inserted basically most of the publicly available knowledge about ancient Egypt into the game and made a version of it called Discovery uh, Origins or something like that, where you can just walk around and there's no enemies. Like, all you do is just learn about Egypt, which is really cool. Like, but I would love that as a standalone series. Yeah, although it's, I think it's mainly intended to be sold to education. It's kind of like the educational version of Minecraft. Okay. Um, so he showers and gets the stank off, and then we learn that... Um, Oh, he's he's taking a shower, he gets an erection, and there's this it's a very fanciful description of his boner. Uh I love <laughs> I highlighted this specifically. He couldn't remember uh lasting more than two days before without his friend <laughs> and an entire week outside on a public sidewalk without any friendly handshakes had caused Kenton's boys to be tenderly full and his proud wood to be at least slightly larger than normal. Uh so you think he's about to jerk off in the shower, and then he hears like from the living room, or and uh, it's some band that's his is his favorite band has covered the the theme song to his Van Brace <laughs> favorite game, and he's like, oh my god, the rumors were true, and he runs into the living room to not miss a single second of the game's main menu, like. <laughs> Have you ever have you ever like uh, aborted a fap because some game music kicked on? <laughs> How loud is his TV? Like, guitar riff, like oh, gotta put take this dick out my hand. I mean, if you, if I you, just heard some riffs. You're just you're sitting there alone, and then you hear like the beginning licks of Radar Love come from the movie. <laughs> gotta go. Uh, it would just scare the shit out of me, quite frankly. Like there was. A time recently where I was sitting in the living room of my apartment and the bedroom was empty, like, Sam was at work. And then I texted Sam something over Facebook and I heard a come from the bedroom and I'm like, Sam has her phone. Why is, why are there notifications to, to her coming from the bedroom? And I got legitimately worried for a second and then realized, oh wait, it's her tablet that's getting the Facebook <laughs> notifications. I had somehow worked, I was like, I'm an unfriended. I'm in a less worrisome version of Unfriended. Fuck that movie. So we, we established some of the basis of this whole series. Tornado Tech Games makes all of the games that the characters in Annals of Gentalia play, I think. Uh, is Tornado Tech a, a specific reference? Because I'm trying to figure out, did Midway have a tornado? No, Midway was just the M, right? Yeah. And like I can't think of anyone. The Dreamcast logo kind of looked. 
twirly i don't you know if this is if this is a specific company they're imitating i yeah i couldn't figure out what what company they were imitating with it and i know i know it's a reference i just don't know to what i just don't know i'll tweet i'll tweet cb archer if they have a twitter uh and find out beforehand uh kenton checked the character select screen oh he puts on his vambrace underpants the pair with thakred the human warrior on them uh and he does this several times. All of his underwear are Van Brace themed because we find out Kenton is basically Billy Mitchell, uh, the the air quotes bad guy of um, King of Kong, a fistful of quarters. He he's incredibly famous in the gaming scene for figuring out a glitch in this game that we'll get to in a bit. And he's a really, 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 really good speedrunner. Somehow. Now, how much detail has gone into describing his mullet? There, I don't know what Kenton looks like. Missed we opportunity. Know, Archer, know where he, were you on that? I know he's a little fatter than he wants to be, and I can relate. <laughs> As someone who just put uh, 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 batteries in his bathroom scale after many months of not weighing himself, I can totally fucking relate. Uh, his favorite band is called Caution Step, by the way. I don't know what that's a fucking specific reference to, but I love that fake band name. Yeah. Caution Step. So, apparently, uh, Vambrace came out in 1985 in arcades, and um, was a a real quarter sapper until Kenton was six years old, spammed... uh, all the use buttons and the joystick during the cutscenes, and he describes the cutscenes as happy little sheep dancing across the screen. I know the meat in the game is lamb. I don't know if that's a vamp- if that's a, 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 a gauntlet reference or if that's referencing Pac-Man having the first ever cutscene of like the, the ghost chasing Pac-Man and then Pac-Man chasing the ghost. Uh, fun fact: I once interviewed the guy who wrote air quotes those cutscenes. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the five seconds, I tried to be a game journalist without any, like, formal education. Oh. Uh, yeah, that was an embarrassing time. He spams inputs during that cutscene, and it teleports him to a room full that just generates a shitload of health items and all the potions and stuff. So basically, if you go to this room that he names Keaton Clark's room you can basically beat the shit out of every boss in the game because every level has that cutscene. So all you have to do is just beat the level and then you get max everything. So suddenly the uh, level nine like demi boss that is the gateway to the final boss is nothing. Like he kills everyone in the arcade. No one has beaten uh, Vambrace and then Kenton shows up with his secret room and then just dominates the final boss with that glitch over and over and over. Um, nowadays, he's the world record holder for speedrunning the original Vambrace and, like, Vambrace Advanced or whatever the new version was. And now this new one comes out. Uh, he sits down to... He, he customizes his character with uh, leather strap armor. Oh, and actually, I need to, I need to like, just interject really quick. Oh, Doesn't yeah. he also lament the fact that it's now multiplayer, like, online multiplayer? He says something about, um, he sees that option and then worries about playing with scrubs who would abuse the room. And then he thinks, my room, <laughs> and then runs off to find it. Fucking gatekeeper, I swear to God. Yeah, no, here's the thing, though. This, this story kind of turns it on you because Kenton's a dick at the beginning, but you think it's just like, oh, this erotica sucks. Like, the main character is an asshole, and they didn't realize that. Turns out, none of his friends like him. 
and it takes him being brutalized by the by the thing that fucks him later uh to for him to realize wow i'm just a bad guy i'm just a piece of shit and then he kind of changes well at least he has some character growth that's that's always there's another kind of growth too i'll tell you that right <laughs> you're talking about penis in it <laughs> uh he puts on leather strap armor onto Thagrid, uh, Thagrid, uh, while eating burnt vegetarian lasagna, by the way, uh, because it gives him plus one attack and Keaton's member, uh, uh, and, par- and partially because Keaton's member that was straining against the confines of his novelty underpants had twitched at the sight of manly straps. Yeah, doesn't he, like, sp- like... <sighs> He spends, like, the first half of the story just, like, fighting a turtling erection. And then we don't really talk about it anymore. So here's the deal with um, C.B. Archer's series about games. The idea is that Tornado Tech has put out this headset that has, like, fans and heaters and force feedback vibrations and shit. It's described as a pair of headphones, I interpret it as, but with all the extra shit, I just want to think it's a helmet. Um, And the basic idea is that this immerses you totally in the game but you are also still just sitting at a fucking keyboard and it's mentioned that they haven't activated the mic yet so everyone has to communicate through text chat the only problem with this is uh archer writes the in-game characters talking to each other as if everyone is using the text chat to just vomit whatever is happening in their brain um so occasionally that is made fun of but it still doesn't stop the fact that like the text box will say like the actual keaton clark's text box colon of course the room i must go to the room my room and like that's said to no one in particular hi facebook messenger and you know like on the one hand i really enjoy um him handling dialogue in this way it's interesting visually yes i would rather just say it's voice to text or just say that's what they said and then put it in the box to determine like this is in game. Yeah. Or put a character name, put their, their avatar name or something on that. It just feels weird. Um, to me, at least I get used to it. Cause I've read two of these now, but my first inclination was like, why would he type that? Like, it makes sense if he just says it aloud and then the headset picks it up and goes, Oh, send that as a text message. Okay. And, like, he's just getting used to that. That's cool. But, of course, I'm not here to dictate how people write their shit. So we're in Vambrace, and he beats... Okay, so Kenton does the impossible and sets the world speedrun record on his first go. It's not top-down anymore. It's a third-person action RPG. It has the same format as the old game, but it's a completely different... Ki- it's kind of like saying, this guy is the best in the world at Doom. And then he got to be the best in the world at the Doom isometric RPG <laughs> in one playthrough. Kenton's the best. Uh, which I guess kind of fills in the fact that he's an asshole. Like, he's just so full of himself. Because he does have the skills to back it up, mm. but he's also kind of a cock. Yeah. Uh and then, so you said you got halfway through this, you got to the, the discovery about the room, right? Yes. It was actually at this point that I fell asleep. Okay. <laughs> so why don't you give us the big reveal of the room? Um, oh, crap. 
the room that we were talking the the room from the original game that he goes to find in the new version. Oh, oh shit! I didn't reach that. No, where, where the name is different. No, I didn't realize that the name was different. Okay, so he goes into the room. Uh, or he does the shit to get into the room in the old game, and it works. But the room's name loads, and he has always been calling it the Kenton Clark room, and that was like the name it's been called on his website and on his Twitch stream, so it's kind of like the nom de plume of this room. But he goes in there, and it's called the Cheater's Room. And this causes... Oh, thank fucking God. And this causes Kenton to have a fucking breakdown. I'm not even kidding. Uh, He says in the text chat, What? No, that isn't... Kenton stood there in shock for many game rounds. By the way, a round is a second in this series. (laughs) A round is a second, a pixel's an inch. I think that's, I think that's about right. Um, Kenton stood there in shock for many game rounds. That wasn't right. That wasn't the cheater's room. This was the Keaton Clark room. It had to be some kind of mistake. This couldn't be real. This couldn't be happening. The programmers had finally added a proper name to the area decades after he discovered it. They had gotten it wrong. You know, I'm glad that I wish I had reached that point because I'm glad they did that. The whole thing about him like finding that that secret room and using that exploit to beat the boss this whole time. He's like, he's so full of himself. Like, yeah, I'm the shit. I beat the game. I got it. You're a fucking cheater, dude. So spoiler alert. They did. Oh, it was originally called the Keaton Clark room. (laughs) As okay, so I'm just going to unspoil it and work our way up to it. The final twist of the book is that the the big bad boss that he turned into a little bitch because everyone could just beat him with max items. Yeah. He creates this huge plan where he renames that room to piss off Keaton and then puts a computer terminal in a secret part of that room that he knows Keaton will find so that if Keaton puts in his own name, it'll make some tendrils come out of a portal and suck him into the boss's dimension or the boss zone uh, so that the boss can fuck him. And then there's there's actually, you'll like it, because there's a lot of my final form jokes, and we've just been talking about Dragon Ball a little bit before yeah. we started. Uh, but for now, so, there he was, six years, he goes to his website, and on his website, his YouTube channel, and like everywhere that Keaton has an online presence, someone has posted this meme, which is a picture of him when he was six years old playing, and the meme has impact fun on it, discovers biggest secret in gaming discovers what discovers was rebranded in secret the joke is supposed to now a better version of this meme discovers biggest secret in gaming is called a cheater like that would have been funnier yeah um or discovers biggest secret in gaming name not on discovery something like that the meme doesn't sort of work really but the the gist is he has been humiliated also you've just reminded me of something he found this when he was six years old can you imagine like having to put up with a fucking six-year-old kid who's so far up his own ass about finding an exploit in a video game? Yeah. Like, yeah, well, did you did you beat Van Brace in less than two minutes? Because I did. Like, <laughs> dude, sit down. How does it feel knowing you're the reason your parents' friends don't want fucking kids? I will insert here. Hey, Gavin Editing, listen. The YouTube channel Gavin in the Past is talking about is called Summoning Salt. It's a wonderful little channel with a person who, well... Gavin in the past will explain. Bye. It's a wonderful person who does the history of speedrunning in certain video games, and he will do the history of certain kinds of speedruns. Like, he has done the history of any percent Mario or Mario 64, and then the history of 120 Star, 
Mario 64, because those are two completely different things to do. And that kind of established in my head, like, the idea that when you speedrun a game, there are all these different ways to do it. And Keaton having the speedrun for the game with that room is a completely different thing than speedrunning the game without that room. And I wouldn't be surprised if he thinks he's hot shit, but really that's the one no one really... Like, no one cares about the speedrun with yeah. the room in Van Brace. Uh, it's not really established. Uh, but anyway, he's in his room and he sees a one pixel difference on the wall and he hits it with his axe and it reveals a hallway with a computer. Term. The computer terminal says something about uh, nice try mistress, but put in the right, like you have to put in a name. So he puts in some names of characters. They don't work. And then it kind of does a clock montage thing of him trying different women's names because he knows it has to be like a, a female name. It says mistress. Uh, he falls asleep typing and then types the right one and it lets him in. And then we get this fun scene where. There, it's like he's in a physical representation of a debug menu where there's all these, like, like there's a PvP option, and that's not a thing you can do in Van Brace. And he's like, oh my god, I've discovered the ultimate secret. And then he gets in there, the test room. He spawns Quezel the Elf Ranger, who's like weaker than his character. Um, <laughs> Quezel jumps out of a portal with a zing. Quezel the Elf Ranger's tax box. Die, you miserable bitch! Before Keaton could even think about replying, Quezel had used his increased speed to notch an arrow. Blah, blah, blah. Um, then Quezel stops and is like, Wait, who are you? Why would you log in under her name? The actual K Keaton Clark's text box. What are you talking about? Quezel's eyes light up with strange admiration. Keaton had seen this look before in the eyes of someone, some of his more adoring fans. Keaton Clark? The Keaton Clark? The actual Keaton Clark? You're not serious, are you? Oh, by the way, um, he has been so embarrassed on the internet, people think the actual Keaton Clark username isn't him anymore. Oh. They think it's someone <laughs> being a smartass who's better than him at the game, and that's why they're dominating all the leaderboards. He has become the Zezima of... <laughs> Shit, I haven't heard that name in forever. He's the Zezima of Vambrace. I've not heard that name in a long time. Um, so... Basically, Quezel, like, finds out the Keaton Clark room, it, like, leads you to here, and that the characters, the NPCs, have minds of their own, and then they start making out. <laughs> okay. Quezel says, um, no one is gonna believe I met you. Do you know what you mean to us? I have to tell everyone, you've saved me from getting killed millions of times. You're my hero. So he's, like, worshipped by the MP the uh, player characters, because Quezel's a player character. Yeah. Because he found the room, so they don't die. They just get maxed out, and they don't die. Uh, was Quezel the Elf Ranger... Uh, he was Quezel, the Elf Ranger's hero. A hero to everyone in the game? Of course he was. He was Keaton Clark. This is strange. What's going on? I thought this was a character battle. The term character battle caused Quizzle to perk up. He got off his knees and flashed a wicked smirk animation at Keaton. By the way, this is a thing that happens a lot in this. Um, the idea is everyone has bloodborne, dark souls, MMO style taunts and flourishes they can do, but it's really just a narrative way of saying what the character is doing, but in italics with the word animation at the end of it. And that smirk in particular comes up a lot in these stories. Keaton couldn't help but adjust his blush shade to number one. 
Blushy goes all the way to six, by the way. We learned that in the next book. Oh, no, no. In the next book, it goes fucking beyond that. It goes beyond six? It goes beyond six. It, no. Oh, my God. In, bo- in book one, it it's says... It's so steamy. <laughs> book one says the highest possible shade is six. <laughs> Reaching forward with his de- dexterous hand, Quezzle gracefully caressed the back of Keaton's neck. Keaton was in shock, and he felt the touch. His headset was worrying. Oh, by the way, he... Gl- he has to glitch through an invisible wall to get into this room, and it causes his headset to start, like, overdrive, and I think that's their explanation for how he can feel sex suddenly. They can, they can put in an overclocking mechanism for their headset, but they can't get the fucking microphone to work. See, I would believe this, if it was, even if it was just, like, literally, you, like, Ready Player One, like, the idea that this guy is a speedrunner, so he has put a lot of money into putting on a full body hat, a feedback suit. And maybe there's like a weird fucking dick mod that he bought off eBay or something. So the idea is like, you can't normally do this, but because he's bought all this weird tech and he broke into this secret room, now he can fuck the character. Also, by the way, all the characters in this game are sprites. There aren't 3d models. It's joked about how like, that's kind of a fun retro throwback is that all the movable characters are sprites. And I think that's mainly because everything's measured in goddamn pixels still. Because, <laughs> like, at one point, Quezzel the Elf, um, they, they escalate from making out, which is level one of character, <laughs> to round two. And they go to a, like, forest glade, and Quezzel's sitting on a, a stump. And Quezzel's got his dick out, too. And he's ready to fuck Kenton, and Kenton's, like, ready to get fucked. And Quezzel goes, oh, uh, I normally top, but... I guess, and then like, it's kind of, sort of, like, he's like, I, I, you know what, for you, fine. <laughs> so he bends over, and his butthole is one pixel wide. <laughs> and then Kenton fingers it a little bit, and it's two pixels wide. Type of hole. <laughs> and there's a type of hole. One pixel. Oh, girl, that's a booty hole. <laughs> girl, that's a booty hole! <laughs> Uh, they have sex, which really just sets up the fact that you can have sex in this game. Um, it's not described how. There, there's no talk of, like, controls or if he's using a P- There might have been one mention if he's using a PC or not. All I know is the game's a disc, it needed an update, and there's a headset involved. That's all I really know right now. There's no mention of streaming or anything. He just magically gets the- Speedrun titles. So, um, what you're saying is, in this story, and this is the first story in the series. Yes, and it's the first one. I, we gotta give it that. Okay, it's the first one. So, it, it goes from gameplay to, they're just fucking. Yeah, like, the idea is, it's mentioned every now and then, he can feel it. Like, when Quizzle shoots him in the, he shoots at him with a bow, and uh, uh, Kenton dodges, or Keaton dodges, sorry, Kenton. Uh, there's... <laughs> I don't know if he listens to the podcast, but there's a very, very witty and very intelligent um, sex toy maker. He runs Fun Kit Toys. You should check out Fun Kit Toys. They're amazing. They make the no frildo, which is amazing. Uh, he's very witty and funny, and I keep wanting to say Kenton when I'm reading this, oh. which is, this is not Kenton's level of... <laughs> I feel like if Kenton wrote erotic, it would be very different. Uh, w- anyway, Quizzle shoots at him, and he gets hit in the shoulder, and it mentions that um, in real life he feels it. Like, it doesn't hurt. But there's like a pressure on his shoulder, and he's like, "How did I feel that? I guess the headset's doing it. I guess you could, even if it was like a Matrix thing, or it's like if you uh, it uses bone conductors to like 
trick your stimulates spinal cord. the inner bones of your ear. Yeah, like it it does something with vibrations to tell your to f- send fake uh, uh, electrical pulses down your spine to tell your body different sensations. Like, give me something. Uh, I know Ready Player One's not the best example of this because, like, it's Ready Player One. It was kind of one of the big first ones. There have been lots of copies since then, but anyway. Oh, but but the question I was asking is like, there there is no the sex that happens in this story yes. doesn't really like match up mechanic well to the mechanics of the game itself. No. Okay, that's good. They'll fix that by the next story. <laughs> we we kind of um we breach that as soon as he goes to that invisible wall cuz it mentions like he can stick his arm through, he can stick his butt through, his foot through. So what he does is he takes a running, he takes a long run at that invisible wall, jumps feet first through so his body's weight pulls his head through and that's what makes him go through it. Um, which is a common glitch thing where you make a character go so fast that, like, in between frames, you hit the invisible wall and it just lets you through. Just, just vibrating through the room geometry. Yeah, but, uh, that's kind of where we lose the idea of he's moving around with a joystick or he's walking around with Wasset. It's, the idea is he is moving different parts of this sprite body, which I just love the idea of pixelated characters having graphic sex. I know that's a thing that's been done before, but it's like... Hilarious. Newgrounds. Everything by everyone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we find out Kenton's a shitty lover. Uh, holding his cock with his practice joystick skills, Keaton ended up with his cock flap assault by resting the head of his member on the elf's lips. Quezel, wow, you like it fat. And um, the actual Keaton Clark's interruption text box. Suck me, dream bitch. He thinks he's in a dream at this point. Uh, Quezel, dream bitch, this isn't a dream. And then... Uh, Keaton interrupted Quizzle for a second time, this time stuffing his full length into the mouth's open or into the elf's open mouth. Uh, you this- know, I, I used to have a list of of really inappropriate sexual phrases that I thought would be really funny to say during sex. Um, Suck me, dream bitch. Is now on that. N- no, now if I still now if I still gave a shit enough to keep that list, um, suck me, dream bitch would probably be on it. <laughs> Uh, the thing is, he starts uh, face-fucking this elf, and the elf starts getting into it, and then the elf touches his balls once, and he says, be careful with those, they are tender, like, <laughs> dude, <laughs> fucking chill, you just face-fucked this dude, and he pulled on your sack once. <laughs> Sputtering free of the cock, Quezzel took a few rounds to round seconds. To catch his breath before replying, which Keaton graciously in his mind allowed, Ew. Uh, Quezzel, I'm sorry, my previous encounters with avatars taught me they liked it rough. Uh, Keaton, well yeah, but not when it's happening to me. Oh, I missed- He is not a generous lover. I missed one important detail. He's basically Conan the Barbarian avatar when he walks into that secret room and meets Quezzel. Okay. Quezzel then says- that Quezel has been fucking Thakrad, like, they actually have a relationship. And it's weird to see someone playing Thakrad, and it's not them kissing them. So what they do is, Quezel goes over to the computer monitor, and finds a sprite that just is Keaton. Like, for some reason, there's a sprite in the game that looks exactly like him, which will come back at the finale. But they, so Keaton actually is, it's Keaton's body, fucking Quezel, which... I chose to interpret as the comic book guy. I know it said he's a little overweight, but I just kept thinking of comic book guy from the Simpsons. Like, <laughs> worst blowjob ever. 
I shall add that to my memory bank. Are you ready to begin round two of our character battle? Um, <laughs> Just slapping them in the forehead with their fupa. Keaton stopped admiring the scenery and returned his attention to Quezel, nearly naked, who, that had almost stripped off all of his elf attire. The actual Keaton Clark's text box. No, keep that. <laughs> so they, they, they actually have sex. Um, yeah, shoot that elf load all over yourself. Uh, then finally, Keaton finishes. Quezel, that was amazing. You're such a gentle lover. I can't wait to share what I've learned with everyone. Um, with a zing and a victory pose animation, Quezel was gone. Keaton did not reply. He had already passed out. Collectible underpants still about his ankles. Dude, what a shit lover. So in chapter three, we find out, we, we, we start a four-player kind of multiplayer session with uh, Valerie, Forney88, Keaton, and then one of their normal friends is out because their cat Sushi is sick. Um, or no, Sushi has the cat, and the cat is sick. So then we meet Manfred, uh, who is a dwarf, and Keaton is not having it. Keaton really, really, really does not like Manfred off the fucking bat. Um, Keaton actually looked around properly for the first time in the waiting room. There was a fourth here, and it wasn't going to be pleasant. Forney88 had brought along his lame tag along. Worst of all, the tag-along wasn't even using one of the classic Vambrace characters. He was using one of the new classes. Ogre, the dwarf barbarian. Keaton Clark. Uh, uh, why did you bring him, Forney88? Manfred, always a pleasure to- Always a pleasure to see you, Keaton lad. Manfred was nice enough to cancel his other plans after he learned Sushi's cat was sick. But he's a dwarf. So what? The new classes are cool. I was thinking of using Centris, the mysterious knight, from now on. But he's awful at Vambrace. Manfred isn't awful anymore. We've been practicing. Like, he's just a whiny... And he's saying this in group chat in front of Manfred. Yeah. Manfred just kind of takes it in stride. Uh, Valerie, his supposed best friend, is like, Wow, Forney88, you weren't kidding. You two have been practicing. You're much better at Vambrace now, Manfred. Thank you, lass. Um, I know, man hasn't gotten really good ever since I promised to buy Annals of Gentalia when it comes out and play it with him. There's lots of references to Annals of Gentalia. Lots of meta. A lot of meta. Um, play it with him. Uh, Annals of Gentalia. It really shows you hardly got hit by any boulders this time, Manfred. And says, I know lads and lass. Those Cyclops boulders were always my downfall before. I'm much better. Now, now Manfred... He's a player. Like, yeah. it's, it, this is an NPC. He's a player playing as Ogre the Dwarf Barbarian. I think it's really cute that he is committed to, to the uh, the accent and Actually, affectations. That comes up here in a sec. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> Keaton, yeah, you, only get, you only miss getting hit by them this time because you're a dwarf. Like, he's really being shit. Uh, Keaton, Valerie says, Keaton, be nice. Uh, so, Manfred accidentally activated several monster pillars early. And Ogre the Dwarf Barbarian was on his last pixel of health by the end of it. The boss hadn't dropped any slices of lamb meat, not uncommon for a battle with the Nemean Hydra. Manfred then says, The light fades from my eyes, lads and lass. Do you think we could go into that cheater's room you showed me earlier, Forney? I'm scared I'll not finish if we don't. And, and then, then like, like, all the other party members stop and freeze because he said cheater's room. And then he goes, Alright, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, lad, I forgot. Uh, 
Keaton only agreed to go on the room because they wouldn't get any experience coins. Yada, yada, yada. So what happens is they find the computer. He reveals the computer terminal to them to be like, hey, guys, I found a secret. But he forgot what name he typed to get in before. Okay. So he types Keaton in. And the terminal goes, um, what, like, as in the actual Keaton Clark? And he goes, yes, check my username. What do you think? And the computer says, wow, someone's been waiting for you, heart emoji. And then a, a portal opens and some black tendrils shoot out and suck him in. And then he's just gone. And then Valerie goes, that was weird. Horny. A lot weird, actually. Valerie, what should we do? They sit around a few seconds. And then Sasha, Le- Wiz- Wizard, uh, comes in. Hey, everyone, my cat Chopsticks is going to be okay. <laughs> That's great, Sushi. And then she asks, what's going on? And Valerie's like, Keaton was just dragged away screaming in a panic by dark energy into a foreboding door in a secret room, <laughs> possibly to his doom. Sasha, perfect. I hate that guy. Manfred, I agree, Loss. That lad's an egotistical jerk. Uh, <laughs> Sushi, I like your lads and lasses. That's so roleplay. Really, Loss? Thank you. I was trying. I'm, I was trying them out to see if they were a dwarf thing. Uh, Sushi then says they are. They sure are. Horny says I like them too, Manfred. Uh, Valerie, shouldn't we wait to save Keaton or something? Horny, I don't know if we should. He's been extra terrible lately. Valerie used the relent animation. <laughs> You're right. I am tired of defending him for now. Whatever happens to that jerk, he completely deserves it. Shall we all go and play Fanbrace for a while and actually enjoy enjoy ourselves for once without being told what to do constantly by that stick in the mud? Everyone used the cheer animation at the same time. This sounds like my experience playing League of Legends after I stopped playing with my friend Carlos. The two cameo appearance avatars and two unique to this story avatars went on to have a great time without Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> if the story ended right there... Perfect. Yeah, that that would be a perfect ending. I would be so, so fucking, fucking satisfied by that. <laughs> but what really happens is it turns out Demetrius the Mysterious, the boss of Vambrace, has created this huge trap because what happened is he has, since we know the characters, it's kind of like Wreck-It Ralph, where the characters respawn and relive every single time the game is played. Yeah. Uh, he has been basically turned into a laughingstock. So... Demetrius the Mysterious used the Bwah! animation. He had an impressive list of accomplishments under his mysterious full-body cloak. He decided to list his accomplishments to really rub it in. Demetrius's list of accomplishments. It's formatted like an actual list. <laughs> so, one, final boss of the game, Vambrace. Classic. Final boss of the game, Vambrace. Remastered. Final boss of the game, Vambrace. Advanced. The one they're playing. Main antagonist of the TV series, Thackreed and Friends, Vambrace Adventures, seasons one through three, undisputedly the best seasons. Uh, Secondary antagonist of the TV series, Thackreed and Friends, Vambrace Adventures, seasons four. They fixed what wasn't broke. Six, regarded as the hardest last boss in video game history, pre-Kenton Clark. Seven, regarded easy as the last boss in video game history, post-Kenton Clark. Eight, twice as tall as a human and terribly mysterious in his full-body cloak. Nine, current owner of one Keaton Clark, bound in place and held by six tendrils of dark energy. I'm getting so, a strong Femto vibe from, from, this, from, from this character. So, uh, you know what? No, no, I'll bring that up later, if okay. in case it confirms my, my suspicion. So here's the, here's the shtick of it. Um, 
Keaton's like, my friends are going to come find me. You've made a huge mistake. And Demetrius is like, no, they're not. And he's like, uh, Keaton's like, they're not looking for me. And Demetrius said, as I said, why not? Uh, I'm going to give Demetrius a better voice, I guess. I don't know if you've been paying attention so far, but you're kind of a jerk. There's some good news, though. What? Chopsticks is going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sasha, stupid cat. Why the fuck would I care about them? Exactly. You wouldn't care because you're a jerk. And, like, there's kind of some character growth here. It is about him tentacle molesting Keaton Kenton here. Keaton here. But, but Keaton learns a valuable lesson. He really does, because here's what happens. Um, uh, Demetrius has a really big cock in this form. Uh, blah, blah, blah. We're, I'm trying to find it real quick. It's hard to highlight these, like, text box things, so I didn't. Uh, he Turns out he renamed it The Cheater's Room to piss off Keaton, and then set that trap with the computer. Uh, and he tur- this is where he finds out it wasn't a dream. He actually didn't have sex with Quizzle. Uh, with dramatic reveal animation, Demetrius threw aside his full-body cloak with dramatic fashion. No one had ever seen under the cloak of his mysterious- this mysterious boss before. He was a dark blue humanoid-, humanoid, floating off the ground with an aura of dark energy. Two sets of massive horns, which could be seen even with the cloak on, adorned his head, accentuated by his mane of flaming purple hair. A tail hung from his frame, ending in a spade. He was wearing a pair of yellow bikini briefs. <laughs> so the bikini briefs comes off. He has a 12-pixel-thick cock. Thick. 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 Lordy. Yeah. Dangerously wow. erect. and pointed Dangerously erect. <laughs> and pointed square at Keaton and twitching happily. Keaton goes, you're not serious. Uh, so... Uh, Keaton screams, I command you to stop, but Demetrius used the larger comical size of mouth created by using the shouting text box to force the giant head of his cock inside Keaton's mouth. Uh, and as Keaton, like the text box, he tries to type stuff and his character tries to say it, but it comes out as murfble, mumble, and that like acts as extra stimulation, so Demetrius gets off from that. And it turns out each time Demetrius comes, he ascends to his next form. So the first time he goes, he goes, what quality boss doesn't have multiple forms? I am no longer reminded of Femto. (laughs) This is Uh, horrifying. So, um, come now. You of all people should know that any quality final boss has more than one form. And each time Kenton gets him off, he absorbs, the the cum is his essence. And (laughs) Keaton's eyes change a shade. So they turn yellow at first. And what what he realizes is, they're going the long way around the color spectrum to get to blue, which is the color of the tendrils and the color of, like, the energy being used to control them. So what happens is, as Demetrius dominates him more and more and, like, makes him perform oral on him and performs butt sex on him, you know what? Performs anal on him. I don't know why he's a butt sex like a fucking 12-year-old. Surprise! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For all the kids listening. For all the kids. Uh, so, at when we get to the fun... He, every time he ascends a form, there's a new pair of horns. <laughs> <laughs> and he ends up with like eight sets of eyes. a fucking menorah coming yeah, out of his like, head. It's like a new set of horns, a new pair of eyes, and like something new to the tail. And like his cock's bigger. And he gets a new set of balls. Like he has six pairs of balls by the end of this. He's like a fucking Krogan. Uh, <laughs> he, in his final, final form, 
he goes to go at Keaton one more time, and Keaton's like, I have the power, and uses the, te- the, the tendrils to grab Demetrius and force him into a, uh, like a position where Keaton could fuck him. And then Keaton pauses and realizes this is his hero's moment. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is the moment where he has to make amends for how shitty of a person he is and strike down the villain. Yeah. Um, uh, blah, blah, blah. He stretches his butt. Um, <laughs> there's a whole thing. There's a whole thing about how many pixels. Blah, blah. blah he stretches his butt. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much detail about how many pixels wide Keaton's butthole is and how. <laughs> How much wider it has to be before he can even try to put his dick in. In direct defiance of Demetrius's assault, Keaton, <laughs> Keaton's chocolate winker opens up by 15 pixels. He actually dominates Keaton to the point where he likes the sex, and, and the next form, Demetrius teases him by making him ask for it, so he actually has to type, Keaton Clark needs cock badly, and like post that so that he'll, he'll fuck him. Um, and at the end of that, he's like, seriously, you have another form? <laughs> Behold my final form. Uh, and then it was in that moment that Keaton realized what he was. Everyone had been right. He was an absolute tool. But something had happened. In Vambrace, they found that Keaton Clark... So this is a Dr. Seuss reference coming up. <laughs> Good, we needed one of those. But something had happened. In Vambrace, they found that Keaton Clark's health bar grew three full heart containers that round. And then, the true meaning of Vambrace came to be, and that Keaton had found empathy of twelve Keatons minus three. And then he picked up Demetrius, lifted him up over his head, (laughs) and rode him down the mountains back into Whoville. Oh well, it's just... It's just lamb slices, right? (laughs) So he's like, Really? Because I was thinking I could, and then he has the epiphany, that I could apologize. I'm sorry. Really, I am. Demetrius. Aw, shucks. Keaton, let me make it up to you. And then he has sex with Demetrius, but not in like a forceful way. Uh, the, ki- the pair collapse in a heap of cuddles, kisses, and mixed fluids. Demetrius, thanks. Another, uh, uh Keaton, welcome. <laughs> Uh, he had done it. He had discovered the biggest secret in video game history for the second time. It was a secret that allowed you to have realistic encounters with monsters and Vambrace, arguably a much bigger and more important secret discovery than his first one. It was a secret that would blow the entire video game industry open, and he would be cemented as the most famous gamer in history. It was exactly what he wanted, and he blushed a deep crimson. It was a secret he would never tell anyone. Ever. Ooh, I'm glad it ended like that. I so was that's, that's that's an actual, actual fucking story. story. That's a character arc. I gotta for all the little nitpicks about the text box <laughs> thing, like and the animations and whatnot, like yeah. it's just a stylistic thing I had to get used to. This is a really fucking well put together story. That that that's been my impression uh, specifically of reading like uh, Carta Monstra. Like these are very well written. Yeah, and it's like. I don't know if I said this on air or not, because we deleted audio a couple of times. Uh, it reminds me of reading those scholastic chapbooks as a kid. Like, it's this story about a character who grows, and, like, it's a, sa- it's a satisfying small story. Not a short story, but a small one. It, it is technically, it qualifies as a short story. I think this is, like, 40, 50 pages. But uh, 
Yeah, it's just it's a really fucking fun book. So, even though you haven't technically read it all the way through, uh, what do you think of uh, Vambrace? So, so I, 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 I had selected it knowing that I would like it based on the game that it was referring to. Yeah. The way you have told me how the, well, the, the, the way the plot unfolds, as you have told, explained it to me, I really like it. Yeah. Are you motivated to go and actually finish reading it now? Oh, yeah, I'm going to do that tonight. Nice. Uh, so that is uh, Vambrace from the Annals of Gentalia series by C.B. Archer. C.B. is the te- the way it's in Amazon, C.B., like the two letters are the first name. It's not like C.B. Archer. Uh, so just look up C.B. and then the word Archer or check out the show notes. I'll have uh, the Kabarcher. Kabarcher. Uh, you can find the rest of the Annals of Gentalia series, which has just finished with the thing. I think the fourteenth book, or it's the fourteenth or sixteenth book. But this series is two years old, and they have churned out that many. Like this is fucking J.A. Applegate levels of writing, except it's actually this author and not a fucking ton of ghostwriters. Suck it, Animorphs. You act like I couldn't tell it was ghostwriters when I was a fucking kid. Jesus, no fucking way, really. I read that was the- ghostwritten. A lot of it. Holy shit. J.A. Applegate did write, but there was such a demand. I think it was one person besides Applegate in realsies, but still, no, yeah, they, they, they needed help to turn out all those books. Holy shit. I mean, it's not like Rowling where it was just a bunch of really big books every few years. It was just like fucking three. I don't, I don't remember how fast Animorphs came out, but it was real fast. Scholastic needed to get those book fairs filled up, yo. This one has someone turning into a panda on the cover. <laughs> anyway, CB Archer, I recommend their writing. I, uh, I would suge- I feel like I need to get all of the stories now and just read them in my spare time. There is an overarching plot line yeah. that goes through all of them. And it's directly mentioned. And by the way, if, if the episode for Carta Monstra comes out, I recommend listening to it next because we're going to talk a lot about that in Carta Monstra. Uh, and that's the next thing we're going to review. So... Next time Stan's on the show, we'll be talking about more CB Archer. Thank you so much for coming by, Stan. Thanks.